Got 20 minutes? Then you have time for a Bible study. Jesus, name above all names, I worship you. Jesus, worthy to be praised, I worship you. Welcome to another episode of 20-Minute Bible Studies. Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Over the next several minutes, you're going to hear an important message directly from God's Word and have your faith and knowledge increased. All you have to do is listen. Now, here are your teachers. Hi, everybody. I'm Jordan Pine. And I'm Andy Baylog. Let's get started. Today, we're going to study God's timing as it applies to instruction or teaching. We all know that as Christians, we're consistently going to be taught new things as we experience life. But what we're going to find out today is that God has a specific timing as to when we learn certain things. Let's listen now to the Word of God. Reading from the Gospel of John, Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And now skipping to verse 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. That was the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 15 and 21 to 26. Before attempting to interpret Scripture, we always use the SPACE method. SPACE is an acronym that we created to remind Bible students and ourselves to always consider the speaker, SP, audience, A, C, context, before attempting to explain or interpret a passage of Scripture. So let's use the space method today, Andy, on our Scripture reading. Okay, we're going to start with SP, which stands for the speaker. The speaker here is God the Son, knowing that there's three parts of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Today, the speaker is God the Son. Now, We know most of you listening believe this, but it always bears repeating that Jesus is God. Very, very important. Yes, he was 100% man and 100% God at the same time. Some believe that Jesus was only a prophet, and some even claim that he never said he was God. You know, these are, you know, different interpretations and of looking at scripture and obviously different doctrines, but that's not what we believe because it doesn't line up in the totality of Scripture. And you only have to back up a few verses from today's Scripture reading to see that that particular statement is false. In verse 9, for instance, Jesus says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. And then in verse 11, he says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. 
So we see there that there's a, a, a communal relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and of course, we'll see later, God the Holy Spirit. As for the audience, the A, it's the disciples, those chosen by Jesus Christ personally and given the higher knowledge about God's kingdom. So in both Luke and Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples, quote, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, end quote. In other words, to you it has been granted to receive the epinosis. Now we've discussed this before, but it's important to reiterate, there are two main types of knowledge that are mentioned in the New Testament. In English, they are both translated knowledge, but in Greek, the original New Testament Greek, or Koine Greek, there is gnosis and epinosis, or basic knowledge and higher knowledge. When you study the use of these Greek words throughout the New Testament, you'll see that gnosis refers to the elementary teachings about Jesus, the pure milk of the word about his first coming, which is critical and especially important for spiritual babies. And you'll also see that epinosis is used to refer to the more advanced teachings about Jesus, the strong meat of the word about his second coming, which is critical and especially important for spiritual maturity. Okay, Jordan, so when our listeners read what Jesus said to his disciples, we should be looking for deeper truths about his millennial kingdom or the future thousand-year kingdom, which is called the kingdom of heaven in, in this text, for instance. So if you are mature enough in your faith, and we pray that everyone is, and it has been given to you to receive the epinosis, or like you said earlier, Jordan, the higher or above knowledge, you'll be able to understand the deeper meaning of Jesus' words. Now, many longtime believers, quote-unquote, have become dull of hearing, as the author of Hebrews puts it, and Hebrews chapter 5. So you really need spiritual ears to hear what Jesus is saying. And we kind of hear Jesus repeat that, believe it or not, if you want to do your own study in Revelation chapter 2, chapter 3, when Jesus speaks to the seven churches and says, those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Just a little maybe side bit study you could do on your own. But if you put the flesh and your own ego aside, which we all have to when we truly want to follow the Lord, And if you quiet the voice of other people's doctrines in your head and listen for God's voice as you immerse yourself in Scripture, look at your heart. We know that that we should receive this higher knowledge, this epinosis that God wants all of his children to receive. It's God's will for us to know these higher truths. As for the context, the sea, these are Jesus Christ's last teachings to his disciples before he went to the cross. The Last Supper is in chapter 13. And the betrayal of Jesus by Judas is in chapter 18. In between, there are these five chapters that cover what Jesus did and said to his disciples before he finished his work on the cross. And this context is important because this was Jesus' last chance to instruct his disciples, the men who would establish his church, essentially. So his words here are especially meaningful. Okay, Jordan. So now that we know the speaker, SP, the audience, A, and the context C of our scripture reading, we are ready to attempt an explanation and thus fulfill the acronym space. Explanation. Well, today our focus is the timing of God's instruction. Yes, God doesn't just start us out as Christians and say, oh, I'm going to teach you everything in the first three years, and then you're ready to go. God, throughout our, a span of our life, is constantly molding us and chipping away and, and making us the mature Christians that he wants And everybody, you know, it it happens to everyone at different times and, you know, different events in our life. So, you know, when we break down our scripture reading today, let's look at John 14, 15. It reads, 
if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, he's talking about, in the word love, he's talking about the word in the Greek, translated agape, which is the highest form of love, and it often entails sacrifice. So anytime you're really going to apply that word agape, it's when you're, when you're saying, I will give of myself, no ego, but I don't need anything from you, I just want to give of myself. Yeah, you can complete this, uh, let's see if you can complete this uh, famous verse, John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this. And that's to lay down one's life for his friends. So that's an example of agape to the extreme, right? Love is about action. Love is about sacrifice, agape love, to the point of even giving up your life for the one that you love. Yes. And notice that this also means that our salvation is about action and sacrifice, or essentially works, right? Not justification, that's by God's grace through faith, lest anyone should boast, but qualification for the kingdom, which is by works and will be measured on Judgment Day, where Jesus Christ will determine if those works are of gold, silver, or precious stones, or, you know, in other words, works of God, or works of self, wood, hay, straw. Right, so there's going to be categories for every Christian based on our works, right? Our entire life is, is going to be works. So when we get to heaven, we get there, we get translated from this world to, to the third heaven, where Jesus' bema seat or judgment seat will be. And that was based on him choosing us. That was by grace, unmerited favor. And every Christian will be there, and all of our works will be judged. Good, bad, ugly. Everything's going to be categorized, right? So the goal is, again, if you study 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15, that we are able to have an abundance of this gold, silver, and precious stone category, and not the wood, hay, and straw. Because keep in mind, it's going to be a trial by fire or a furnace of fire, which will determine what kind of work or how, how good of a quality it is. And if you want to learn more about that and the details of that, you can go to our website at motk.org. And Jordan, you want to tell our listener a little bit more about that? Yeah, we have all of our episodes archived there. And we had done a lesson, a 20-minute Bible study on this, uh, the master builder analogy, which gets into 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15, and really breaks it down. It's a great lesson, and uh, it's really worth revisiting frequently because it sort of sets up, um, the, the Apostle Paul set up this great picture for us of what we're striving for. And, and as I was saying earlier, you know, it makes this key distinction between, you know, good works and bad works. You know, good works are essentially when you're not even really doing the work. It's God's doing it through you. You're just allowing him to work through you. And then there are works of self, works of pride, works of puffing yourself up. And those are, uh, as you mentioned, um, attributed to things that burn up in the fire of judgment. Yes, and, and of course, if you, if you are a new listener or if you've been listening for a while and you, you maybe haven't caught on to kind of the theme of our ministry, it's teaching, it's us being able to teach through Scripture that there's more than just salvation. There's more than just everlasting life, like according to John 3.16, which is promised, right? We accept Jesus as our Savior everlasting life is what we get, but there's so much more. Right. And what we, what we stress to do and, and what our calling is, Jordan and myself, is let Scripture show you that there's more. Now that we are saved, there's more, and there's so much more. And what we want you to know is you might be asking, well, I'd like to be part of the millennial kingdom. How do I do that? How do I know what's right and what's wrong? And that's what this ministry is about. 
that's why we want you to partake in it in every way. You know, go to the resources that we have online, reach out to us, ask us any question you have. We will do our best to use scripture to show you the right way, the way we learned, the way we freely receive, we will freely give to you as well. Yeah, the, the how do I do that question is good. You know, so we're still on John 14, 15, but there's a lot in this one verse. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And that also raises the question of, well, what what are Jesus's commandments? And speaking of the website and the archives, we did an entire uh, lesson on that as well. You know, it's uh, helpfully titled The Twelve Commandments. It's basically a, um, a breakdown of the Sermon on the Mount, because in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives essentially 12 of his commandments. And uh, again, another great thing to, to revisit and to study, because then you, you start to actually, you know, put meat on the bones and to really understand what it is that you should be doing in life. Because, you know, these, these things tend to go by us all the time, you know, okay, we'll just follow, follow Jesus's commandments. And no one really takes the time, rarely, to sit there and say, well, what exactly does that mean? You know, I know the Ten Commandments, but what are Jesus's commandments? Well, he actually does tell them to you in the Sermon on the Mount. And if you want to uh, check out that lesson and see what those commandments are, you can go to MOTK.org and again, look in our, uh, in our, our lesson archive and find the one called the Twelve Commandments. Yeah, just so you don't think we're crazy, just to, get, to give you an example. Like, you know, those of you who, who know the word a little bit, you know, you could go back to Exodus chapter 20, to Deuteronomy chapter 5, Old Testament. That's the Ten Commandments, right? And obviously, as you read on, there's details within each commandment. And that was for Jews, which were the chosen people, whether you are from Israel or from another nation. In order to be a person of God, a child of God back then, you had to obey or try to your best to stick to those Ten Commandments. Well, the Sermon on the Mount, for instance, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, is the, like, like you coined, Jordan, the Twelve Commandments is, you know, just the way we phrase it, but basically it's, now that you are a Christian, how should I live in order to make it to the Millennial Kingdom? So the Old Testament Ten Commandments was for Israel to obey in order to be on, you know, God, have God's favor. And the Sermon on the Mount is, is the, way of, the way to live now that you're a Christian to make it to the kingdom. Yeah, great points. So moving on now to John 14, 21, uh, it says, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. So Andy, really quick, a little uh, quick commentary on that. I, I mean, we, we can already see that he's building on the previous verse we read and saying that, um, you know, there's this conditional thing going on. If you really love Jesus, you'll do the works of obeying his commandments. You know, faith without works is dead, essentially. Yeah, and again, that love is the word agape, which it's, it's very fair and true to say, in today's terminology, sacrifice. So if you substitute the word sacrifice in that verse, John 14, 21, I think it could really clarify what God means when he says love, right? So I'll read it that way. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who is willing to sacrifice for me. And he who sacrifices for me will be sacrificed, will be given sacrifices by my father. And I will sacrifice for him and he will disclose himself to him. So myself to him. So basically what, what the Lord is saying here is if you're willing to give up things in this life now, then when the time comes, God will give position and give sacrifices away to you. So it's kind of a trade. If you're willing to trade your life here, you will gain your life there. Yeah, right. Right? That's scriptural. That's that's Jesus saying that later on in Matthew. However, if you're looking to gain your life here, if you're egotistical, 
and look thinking of me now, then you're willing, you're going to lose out what God has prepared that he wants to give you later. So that's the trade-off. If you're willing to give up everything for God, that's your way of showing God that you love him. Yeah, great points, Andy. And then uh, verses 22 to 24, really quick, Judas, not Iscariot, the Bible says, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? And then Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Quick commentary on that, Andy? Yeah, so, you know, obviously the theme today is about time, you know, the, the, the right time to be able to mature, the, the times in, in life when God is going to teach us certain things, the instruction that we need to know. So this instruction, if you are a mature Christian, is timely, right? If you are a brand new Christian and you just learned about the Lord Jesus, praise God. There's celebration in heaven for that, I promise you. However, you might not be able to read this verse right now and be able to apply it. But don't, you know, don't feel discouraged. There will be a time as you mature, as you learn to walk away from the things of this world. Again, not so that you can make it to heaven. Remember, we don't, we don't give up the things of the world. That's not, that's theology of the covenant of works. That's not what the God of the Bible, that's not who he is. The, the God of the Bible is a God of giving and love, and you do nothing except the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And the way we show our appreciation as we mature, that there's going to be a time in your life when the Holy Spirit, that still small voice, is going to tell you, time to give up alcohol, time to give up nicotine, time to give up, you know, selfish needs and wants or the pursuit of, of large amounts of money, whatever it is, that there's going to be a time and God's going to instruct you in these scriptures like this here is for the, as in, in a time in your life when you're mature. Maybe you're listening now, and the time is right now, and God is speaking to your heart right now, and he's saying, I need to give up these things that are blocking me. They're stopping me from going to that higher level. So Jordan and I are here to tell you, to show you that the higher level is the millennial kingdom. Anything you're willing to give up in this world, God is keeping the books. He's keeping track. And at the Bema seat, at the judgment seat of Christ, he will reward you openly before his father for the efforts and the sacrifices that you make. Yeah, and you said the key word is anything that's blocking you. So it isn't to suggest, like some may with fire and brimstone, that the things you mentioned are evil or of, of the devil. What, it's, what you said there is that these things can become a block. Right? They're holding you back. And it could be anything. You know, it, it could be food. Yeah. It could be, you yes. know, and, and you mentioned just a broad category of selfish desires and wants. It could be, I don't know, watching TV every night because Absolutely. you want to do that. You feel you deserve that. Correct. Even though you know God is calling you to something else, whatever it is, it, it could be a stupid thing. It could be the usual evils that we talk about. But um, I, I think that's the key, really. And, and again, also very important, and I'll reiterate what you said, you know, there's a, there's a tendency to oversimplify again and talk about, let's say, nicotine or alcohol, and then connect it to loss of salvation. And we're, we're beyond salvation here. Nothing you can do, no matter how, how bad in that regard, is going to have you lose your salvation. What we're talking about is a higher level, basically training. Qualification is about training. It's about thinking of yourself as a spiritual athlete. And just like athletes have to give up fatty foods and all those bad things so they can be running in tip-top shape. Yes. That's what you have to do if you want to go and become a, you know, a full athlete, Olympian for yes. the kingdom. And God has his timing, folks. Please understand, you know, you might have a spouse that's just not there yet. And, and you might be like, 
a little discouraged and distraught and you try to help them along and say, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm ready to make these sacrifices and make a change in our life, but they're not yet. And it's tough because we're human, right? We, we expect our, our, we expect us to be connected at the hip, right? Husband and wife or what have you. So, you know, keep in mind, it's God's timing. God's going to have his timing when he wants to choose everyone to mature to that point where we could say, we love the Lord. Right. We love his word. We love the Lord. And we're willing to do anything to show God that. And then the end of our reading, Jesus basically says, you don't have to do it on your own, you know, because this is uh, 25 and 26. You know, these things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, and I'm, I'm here to remember and, uh, you know, to help you remember these things. I'm not going to be here soon, he's basically saying. So I'm going to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So, you know, again, the point there is that well, I might have created a, a very high standard, and maybe some people are reacting by thinking to themselves, like, an Olympian for a guy, like, there's just no way, I'm not strong enough. Well, mm. well, Jesus says that he sent us a helper, that we're sealed with that helper when we're saved, Amen. and and, he'll, and he will do it for us, essentially, if we just yield. Amen. And again, like you said, that the scripture to, to prove that is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And of course, the Holy Spirit, that is the third part of the Godhead. You know, even though, you know, you might say, well, the Holy Spirit lives in us, you can't take away that they're equal parts. Yes, God the Father has a position, God the Son has a position, God the Holy Spirit has a position, but they're, they're equally in, in, you know, they, in communion with each other, and they're equally important. So to know that God the Holy Spirit lives in us, that alone is, is one of the most amazing gifts, the most encouraging thing we have, that God lives in us, even though we're not worthy. He lives in us, and if we just stop and listen to Him, as we mature, we learn to listen to that voice. Praise God. And we confirm that that's the right way when we read Scripture, and that's our God. Okay, Andy, so now that we've broken down our Scripture reading, let's talk about some everyday takeaways from today's reading. You know, as you mentioned earlier, I think the main point to communicate today's lesson is that God gives timely instructions that not only benefit us, but also others as we sacrifice for them, and even those we don't know in many cases. You know, when God instructs us to do something, it's just wise to be obedient to what the Father is telling us, because there is a purpose, as you said, in his timing and his plan. Amen. You know, take, for example, Rahab of the Old Testament. She was mentioned in the book of Joshua. This is when Joshua took over for Moses and wants to lead the people into the promised land, which is a type, kind of like, you know, what we're trying to, to get our listeners, and we want our listeners to share this amongst themselves and others in their churches as well, or in their family, to lead the, the, the Christian right now into the promised land, right? So we, we know the story here, looking at the example, she serves as a dynamic example of God coming through on time with timely instructions. And again, I think it's Joshua chapter one, chapter two, you could read about her. Now, when Joshua sent two scouts to spy out the land of Jericho before they entered in, these two men went to Rahab's house and they lodged there. And Rahab looked out for the spies and then disclosed her belief to these spies that the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, had already granted success, she knew that, to the Israelites in conquering Jericho, right? She confessed her faith and believed, even though she, she was from Jericho, she confessed her faith in what, how she knew God was working with the Israelites. So Rahab even evaluated the state of Jericho's inhabitants by informing to Joshua scouts of how, how much terror and dread had fallen on the nation of Jericho. Yeah, but even in all that, you know, Rahab received a revelation and she knew that God was the Lord in heaven above and on earth beneath. Well, folks, that's all the time we have. And if you want to learn a little bit more about our ministry, please visit our website, 
20mbs.org. That's 20mbs.org. Thanks for joining us for another 20-minute Bible study. Special thanks to the family of Pastor Gary T. Whipple, to the Abundant Life Worship Center for the music for our show, and to Tom Pine for our scripture reading. I'm Steve Zioli, and until next time, may the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Mysteries of the Kingdom, Incorporated.